sounds like we're in a kind of a storm. Yeah. Well, you I, might be able to hear I it through my I was getting cold, but now I understand it's because I had my fucking side door open for the last two days. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. The last, what, two days? Yeah, well, I, I, I had it open when I was loading the car for Anne's luggage to drop her off at the airport. And then, like, I when I came home, I just came through the front door and went to bed. Yeah. So this has just been open since, like, Sunday. Yeah. Like, Sunday, Arvo. And then I only just noticed, I was like, fuck, I'm cold, so I turned on the heater. And then I saw the curtains blowing, yeah. and I was like, oh, I thought it might have just been the aircon. And I was like, I'll just double check. And then, like, the, just the door was gone. Do you have shutters? Like, the pull-down yeah. ones. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, you can just push a button for them. But I don't normally well, put them down. Must be honest. nice. Wow, that must oh. be yeah, nice. Yeah, I've done, I've only had manual shutters, mm. shutters until I was living here. And I was like, oh, so this is what, like, everyone else has. <laughs> Evening lads, it's HBC here, I'm back on the potty and keen to talk some code. As always, we've got Dougie and Ben here with me, and tonight we're actually going to talk about some footy, so let's rip into it. Give us all. And the ladettes. <laughs> How about ladettes? The ladettes. Yeah. Well, you yeah. said, um, welcome back lads or something, so I was like, oh, there's probably... A lot of the female. female. Well, yeah, yeah, probably I, um, yeah. I bumped into the Sushong today mm. at the, um, the lunch buffet. Nice. And she was saying, so obviously she listens to it, yeah. but she was saying that we have a brand new listener and um, Mama Sushong. Yeah. Mama Sushong. Hello to the Sushong family. I also heard uh, Puffa Sushong might be getting on as well. So, oh, oh, how um, good. Yeah. We'll dedicate this Welcome. to them. Then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, here's the history of the <laughs> But no, um, how are we going? Run obviously H. You're back after a week in hiatus. Um, you uh, were kicked off for bad behaviour, but you're back. Yeah, sorry, uh, I got red carded last week, and I'm <laughs> um, I'm back. I'll yeah. promise Probably one of the most boy. enjoyable red cards I can think of. <laughs> Go back to New Zealand. <laughs> back to New Zealand. Yeah, that no, was awesome. Good mm-hmm. week off and uh, recharged and refreshed. And nice. I had my um first day back at like properly training with the team mm. and like man that was a shock to the system <laughs> sashi booty yeah. but and for anyone that doesn't that means like what does it mean oh it's, like, it's been a while yeah, a yeah, long yeah. Time. my body feels like it's been hit by a truck i'm just <laughs> like man here i was just watching the boys on their con games and yeah. i've been doing like my own rehab running thing like oh yeah i'm feeling pretty fit like these guys don't look like they're like, training that hard <laughs> <laughs> had like a little five minute con game and i was like couldn't even breathe we went, to like, we went to like another drill, just like practicing wide channel stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just like hands on heads. I like, couldn't even understand what was being said. I was just like sitting in the corner trying to breathe and Timmy was just <laughs> laughing at me. So that's how my day went. Yeah, nice. Um, that's, I think, the introduction to like rehab guys coming back. Eh? Like um, you go in, even when we had like odd numbers or something and Glax, big Glax was like, oh, Doug, you go in. I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, translator, go in. Um, so they go in there first time. So <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah. like after a week you get used to it but then now i've been out of it for a month because obviously players are back um i'm scared i don't even want to go back again because i've lost it also well i think like the problem is is like because the boys have been playing it for so long like mm. the guys have just been doing it the whole time are getting pretty adept at the game and kind of know how to play it yeah and if you're new coming in you're just like this little noob running around like <laughs> i can't yeah. even breathe he's running down the sideline doing links so yeah i was, I was what's absolutely- going on I, was, I don't. Even, I didn't really even participate. Actually, I should have stayed to my rehab running. <laughs> I know. Um, and did you do much in that? Off, obviously, H went back to 
New Zealand. Um, yeah, yep. just that um, Hokone trip, oh, really. Yeah. We and talked then, about it, did Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, just had the rest of the week, just had to get the um, my wife and son flew back to New Zealand at the end of the week. So we just kind of got the house packed up and I know, just kind of ticked off a few things. Went to Tamazoo. Oh, yeah. We kind of, I almost feel like we need to get like a yearly membership for that place. Mm. It's only a 20 minute drive from here. But my son loves it. It's a good little day, day out. So we went, went to Tamazoo. But man, to be honest, pretty chill. Just rehabbing away. And yeah, nice. Um, Living alone now. Couple yeah, weeks. yeah, yeah, yeah. Two weeks by myself. Ooh, nice. So that's why we're, we're having the potty here. Yeah. <laughs> Great setup. So, um, uh, yeah, to your lovely wife. Uh, this is happening every week now. Sorry. So, um, <laughs> we'll see you soon. Yeah. I'm glad you guys enjoy it. But no, yeah, <laughs> it is definitely uh, a bit interesting living by myself. But mm. I welcome the change. Could probably just focus a bit more on training and being able to spend a bit more time on the body. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was actually going to ask you guys, uh, I've been listening to like a dad podcast recently. Um, like, not obviously not one to promote other podcasts on here. And it's a podcast <laughs> that does way better than our one anyway. But it's, um, you know, Hamish and Andy, the, uh, ah, uh, yes, yeah, um, the radio hosts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They do one that's great every week. Listen to it. Barrel laughs, but Hamish, he does barrel one that's laughs. a bit more serious. It's like a cup of laughs kind of thing, not a barrel. Yeah. Um, but gotcha. it's like, yeah. It's like how dad's dad or something. Oh, um, yeah. And he just interviews other dads and asks them how they've been dadding. And, um, <laughs> I, I'm obviously not a dad, but even listening to him, I'm like, oh, like, this is all good stuff. Like, um, just we should hearing yourself H and being about uh, being dads. Yeah, like, yeah. This, this could be funny. Uh, well, I thought, um, obviously people might be, especially players with young families and stuff, they might be like, oh, what's it like having a family in Japan? Something I've never really thought about, but we've got two dads here who've experienced it, but. Um, yeah, well, I mean, first H, what's it been like having a uh, family here and uh, not just your wife, but your son as yeah, well? A little, but... little fella. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty easy at the start, but it's like, I think once it, why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm just like, it's pretty easy at the start for the first couple of weeks. Is it like, was it the two weeks at the wife and two in hospital? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, so my son was born in New Zealand and then we come over after he's got his passport and everything. Mm. Um, Until he was here, it was easy as. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, after that, yeah, once he's here, it's a little bit difficult because obviously mum needs to go to the doctors mm-hmm. and baby needs to get vaccinations and checkups and whatever else he needs to be done. I so. think that's actually like a um, kind of serious here. Not a, not a cup of laughs, but um, <laughs> the like because we flip back and forth from New Zealand quite often, we normally get like, you know, three or four months back home and eight or nine months in Japan. But actually max- matching up the vaccination schedules can mm. be really difficult yeah. because Japan and New Zealand do it differently with like their schedules and what they do at different ages and stuff. So like I've found that to be a bit of a hurdle. Mm-hmm. Um, even my dad's a doctor and he's just like, man, like I don't know what's going on in Japan. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And when they get that, um, like Japanese, they get that first injection. It's like the, the oh, stamp. The stamp, yeah. Oh, the BCG, I think it is. The BCG? B- it's like a few in one or something, yeah. It's like it's, nine in mm. one and like it's, it's um, yeah, it's like, I don't uh, know. It's, do you have one, Doug? Uh, no, we chose, oh, me personally. No, Doug. Oh. Um, well, yeah, I was born gotta, here, but I left just before you get it. So I just got the New Zealand versions, but oh, mum's yeah. still, so everyone who gets it, you basically have the mark on your shoulder for life or yeah. on your arm you for life. You can get it on your foot now, eh? That's oh, true. But the, I think the, the, the one of the main ones in that kind of combo, I can't actually remember what it's for. It, we don't get it in New Zealand that whatever it is, yeah, the the strain or whatever. So like we're not actually 
um, inoculated against mm. it. Oh, but that's like really massive in Europe and England and Japan. And so, like, they're like, oh, you really, really need to get it. And I'm like, oh. So, it's like, Felix, my son, doesn't have it. Yeah. We were like, just not to do it because my wife said, no, nah, I don't want that stamp on his arm. Mm. So, I don't know. If it's kind brutal, of man. Like, I haven't seen it done on a, on a little kid. But, like, you know, people, friends you're talking to, they're, like, 30 years old and they've still got this mark on mm. their arm. It's like. Yeah, yeah. Imagine uh, a little uh, baby, like. Yeah. Oh. It'd be pretty rough. Um, yeah. I think it's nice that um, kids can now get it on their foot, at least. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, still, it's definitely, oh, like you said, every parent does things differently and stuff like that as well. But I've definitely found the vaccination schedule is really hard to marry together and try and get right. Because you do want to kind of vaccinate against, you know, like, you know, like polio and measles and like all the <laughs> yeah. other stuff. So you're trying to look after your kids. Uh, just one of those things, I guess. Yeah. Mm. I think, yeah, different countries probably have different risks as well there. So yeah, yeah. there's things that they might do here, but not in NZ and you're kind of like, well, if they don't do it in NZ, should I be doing it kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's like the, the kind of conversations you're having. But mm, I guess it's all just part of the journey. Mm. Yeah, it is. I was just going to mention, um, there's also that one guy in New Zealand, you know, the How To Dad. Oh, yep, yep. He's like another oh, classic. I've been watching him for like 10 last. years. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely oh. a barrel of last. Yeah, yeah, yeah I find awesome. his humour real funny. Yeah. Just on that, the like, yeah. dadding and guys that do podcasts. And stuff Kiwi like humour. I'm Yeah, he's an avid listener, so uh, shout out. Uh, and then if he, if he is, he's like, woo! And if he's not, he won't know, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good shout out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but cool. I think, uh, well, especially with that, um, you know, the stamp that the guys get, now it's got GPS in it, so. Well, you know where your, <laughs> your baby is. Yeah. So it's, uh, That's part of the track them down. Yeah. Yeah. Just got an app, find your baby app. Um, but you got to make sure it's charged though, so it's a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's going to take them in every six months <laughs> to yeah. charge. Just going very deep into a, just a lie. But um, but yeah, I guess um, something to think about, especially if you're coming over. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, great things about bringing their family um, over, but then also there's a lot of things. Like you said, if you have to go to the hospital suddenly, and there's no hospital where, like, they speak English. Then suddenly, like, you know, you need to call your translator a, to come yeah, help worry. you yeah. on a Sunday. Be here. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're referring to? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and just say, yeah. No, for, for those that don't know, my wife had uh, like had an emergency um, surgery, and we had to. It was like a late on a Sunday when the hospital kind of was shut, and only the ER department was open. And I just had I couldn't get hold of um, the normal lady that we use for that kind of stuff, and I was like, Doug gonna have to get you to do me a huge solid and come to the hospital because i have no idea what's going on and dougie just kind of had to ride off a whole sunday and come hang out with me at the hospital to get us through um top man uh, yeah we like rushed operation but like i said if if i didn't have dougie oh man that would have been a real test on my japanese and even like doug's like trans like googling words the Mm. doctor's saying to him like like, oh man said some like you know medical term i'm like we don't use that on the rugby field (laughs) Uh, i don't know what that is yeah um, but yeah, no, it's a, obviously, bar- this is a barrel of laughs being with, being doesn't, you could be in a hospital and, you know, emergency situation still then makes it a great time. So it was, a, <laughs> it was fine. You know, I enjoyed my time there and, uh, also been, um, you know, gave me a couple of sakis that I haven't actually, maybe I'll take them to camp. We can, should we have, uh, one I'll on our I'll happily delve into some sake. Like, even if just like a little cup, obviously we'll be, you guys will be in the middle of training, but. Um, just having like a sip sure of put a few culture building nights yeah, built in. Yeah, sure, sure. Surely got another just, Thursday morning. As self-appointed mm. head of the social committee, I'll um, make sure that mm. <laughs> there's at least one. 
That's actually really, I need to talk to you about that after the potty. <laughs> yeah, okay. Exciting time. <laughs> we can just have a conversation yeah. now about it, but yeah. Yeah, it's just more editing for Doug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if you're a father or a mother, uh, thinking about coming to Japan, there's a few questions. If you've got any more, obviously, I said you've got two professional fathers here. Mm. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say professional, yeah. but I, I do think in general that it's a cool opportunity for you and your kid. Mm. I don't know. Like, I, I, um, I was, lucky enough to do kindergarten in Thailand as a kid. And I I even still kind of have memories. Oh, sorry. Still kind of have memories about it. of just like, you know, doing things the Thai way at kindergarten yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So I think it's a cool, like, experience for your kid that they're probably never going to get again if you, say, move back home. Yeah. It's uh, my way or the Thai way, eh? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And even more so in Japan, I feel like my son <laughs> kind of just has to, like, buy into stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, rice for lunch? Okay. <laughs> my parents never cooked this, but <laughs> I guess I'll have it now. Um, well, yeah, I think uh, like with me as well, just knowing more about different cultures early just means yeah. like you've got that understanding. And then if somebody comes to your country who's not used to it and they do something different or you go to a different country, then it makes you more, I guess, you know, open to yeah, trying absolutely. new things. And, yeah. um, you're like, oh, well, this isn't how I normally do it, but that doesn't mean... It's wrong sort of or whatever. It's kind of like food, they, eh? Like the, the earlier you try all the different kinds of food, yeah. Like the more you'll obviously buy into trying, you know, new new kinds of foods when you go overseas. But if you can only have like steak and chips, <laughs> you know, until you're like you're 25, and then say you move to Japan, you're like, mm. <laughs> what are the, what are these rice triangle things at the convenience? <laughs> um, well, I had a friend who came over and they're like, uh, just got a, a thing of cup noodles, but took out. I think it had like little prawns or shrimp oh, or something. Oh, yeah, that's but, the original flavour. But they just took actually the best all flavor. those out and they just had the cup of noodles, didn't put any of the seasoning in, just put hot water, just to plain because – and that was like literally the only thing they reckon they could eat in Japan. Yeah. Um, so I was like – It's a tough experience. You're not living, no. yeah. Yeah, you're not living. Wow. You're not living. <laughs> so like, you also get paid to have kids in Japan. Yeah, yeah. So you are yeah. professional dads. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, the the people that do it real well are the people that, like, H, that have their kid in New Zealand where the government covers the cost of the mm. um, birth and then you come to Japan and you get paid for having your baby. You're actually making money. <laughs> That's why, yeah. But, like, <laughs> so in why, Japan, exactly. you, you pay for the surgery and then, like, insurance and the um, government cover a little bit of it and then they pay you mm. yeah, as the months go by and then hopefully that kind of offsets yeah. the cost of you know the the birth you end up making a profit <laughs> yeah well i don't i don't know if we have you but <laughs> i don't but know if it's about we're like if profits, you do it with hbcs right like now mm. well in the positive yeah, yeah. smart footy uh, smart yeah people our nappies and we're back to zero again yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. um yeah you invest in um you know some people invest in bitcoin you invest in uh, ch- children so yeah you invest in the future i should say exactly so. nice well, Japan needs it. Yeah, yeah. Well, aging population. Oh, twenty five percent over the age of seventy now. I think. Wow, yeah. it's very, very aging. But when I say that, people mishear me. They're like, "Of course, it's the Asian, Asian. population. <laughs> like everyone's from Asia." But I'd like, also say Japan's a very Asian population too. If I can oh, say yeah, that. yeah, yeah. As like, in, like, um, hardly any foreigners. Yeah, like mm. it's. I still, you know, double take when I see a foreigner on the street. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, if I'm walking around Auckland, like I don't just like. Double take every time I see an Asian. <laughs> your, your neck would be pretty yeah. sore. Yeah. Just, um, you know what I mean? But like match. still in Japan, maybe not central Tokyo, but mm. definitely in Sagamihara, even Hachioji and stuff, like uh, few and far between just seeing like foreigners around. Mm. Yeah. You've seen an increase now that the borders are open, but um, I went to Yokosuka, the army base last yep. week. And honestly, like 30% at least of the people were foreign. And I was 
I was like staring at foreigners. I normally talk about people staring at me, but I was the one staring. I was like, holy heck, so like, you're so blonde. Is that because you're at the base? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, and Where was that? Uh, Yokosuka. Yokosuka. It's in Kanagawa, but it's like it's like an hour or so away. Oh, yeah. But my friend, uh, he's in the Navy, Indian Navy, and they were coming over to do some stuff over here. So yeah. I just uh, met up with them. We went to get some uh, food over here, and the lady comes over. She's like, ah, check here, because obviously I look foreign to everyone here. And then I just start speaking Japanese and they still speak English to me. It's like, we're both trying to practice, you know, in our other language. And then the guy comes over, he's like, this, uh, but he didn't know how to say like the type of pork or something. He's like, hidekatsu. <laughs> this hidekatsu. I'm like, oh, hi. Uh, and then I was like, I asked for water, but I didn't say mizu. I said, ohia, which is Ooh, like. Oh, that's a very formal mm, way of saying. It's just like. You've tried to show him, mate. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, this guy's not. how in depth my Japanese is. And he's like, okay. I'm like, damn it. It didn't work. But yeah, they understood once I said, Yoshu Shu Onigashimas. They're like, oh, he wants a receipt for tax write offs. Yeah, but see, like, my Japanese isn't very good, but I'm always getting into Yoshu Shores. So I hope that when I'm asking for Yoshu Shores, they're not thinking that I actually know how to speak Japanese. What do you think of the, what's the geopolitical. Yeah. Sorry, uh, going off on many tangents. Um, but yeah. yeah, we've got heaps of code to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So, um, when you start is this part of the rugby news of the week? Alrighty. Um, I still think it's crazy that we have to have a button to do a segment um, about rugby on a rugby podcast because we hardly ever talk about <laughs> yeah. it. But around the grounds in Japan, we had a few uh, pre-season games going on, a few against some um, Aussie teams as well. Uh, first off, going... From the game on Sunday, the most recent one, we had the Drocks, the D-Rocks, up against the Western Force, the D-Rocks winning 33-28. I don't think you could watch the game, but looking at the squads, I think like 70% of the Force's team had stars next to their names, so they're like debuting for the Force, so quite a young yeah. team, I think. I'd I'm say like, most of the super teams are playing like fairly <laughs> like academy-type players just because most of the guys are still on, mm-hmm. like, maybe like leave. Um I didn't get to see the game, but I mean, the D-Rocks have been training, I think they've been training pretty hard and they've obviously got a pretty big squad. And I think the Western Force are like traditionally a bit of a mercenary squad too. So they might have just had like a lot of random mm-hmm. kind of players playing for them. But I mean, a pretty close score. So yeah, yeah. good to see. Um, did you see who got signed today uh, at the D-Rocks? Hayden Cripps? Yeah. Is yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Hayden. that's, yeah. oh, I know I'm, Fairly wellish, but I think that's been in the pipeline for a little bit. Oh, true, nice. Because cool. he's from Hinoe. Yeah, he so he'll Hino. just he's gone straight to another team in the same division, so mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. Bit sure. of like a revenge play, yeah, oh, good. for them. Hopefully, um, he's um unfortunately uh, a, a rough run with injury, so we could just see him try to get run out. He's category A. So. Yeah, yeah. So ten played a bit for Samuels and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, so. yep. and uh, Wellington, I believe, as well. Yeah, nice, well done. Um, obviously, like you said, I don't know if he really played last season because of injuries, but. Hopefully uh, he goes well at the D-Rocks and um, probably be good to have that another Category A option for 10. So uh, you don't always have to play all Tedebrek, especially if you've got other guys. Like, you know, they've got a lot of foreigners that they probably want to play around yeah, the field. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, Brick and uh, Falao San as well. So a few uh, a few good players there. Right? Yep. No, I think that they'll um, definitely have a good good go in that um, Division 2 and trying to get back into D1. They'll be one of the front runners, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, they'll have to be, yeah, with their squad. Like, I reckon they're going to be. Yeah, it's a big way. squad. It is a huge <laughs> yeah. squad. And their facilities, like, are amazing. And that's where the All Blacks were training 
uh, getting ready for their game against Japan, but got pretty state of the art uh, facilities here as well. So yep, yep. No, I definitely think nice. that they'll be get that'll be, rocks. that'll be their target for sure. Yeah, not many rocks there. It's a uh, very, very smooth. So I don't know why they call the D rocks. <laughs> anyway, uh, you'll have to ask um, our resident D rocker or comma the Henry Bracken. Yeah, about the, oh, I think yeah. he actually knows the actual reason behind the name. Mm. So. Ooh. We should get on, like, yeah, there's a few things that I think we've announced as well. So, um, I guess going away from around the grounds for a bit, uh, the <laughs> just di- tangent you guys offer, <laughs> yeah. uh, the Dinobores have signed a few new players. Uh, firstly, starting with Japanese guys, we've got a, uh, winger who was previously at Kobe, Tomo Ochiye. Uh, so he was at, uh, like I said, previously Kobe with us from the season to the, um, yeah, rest of the season and then, like I said, we got Bracken Henry played sevens for Japan and Aussies. Um, and also I think he played in the actual Olympic squad. Um, but then he was with the D Rocks previously in DDCom with us. And then also uh, we got Curtis Rona from, uh, London Irish joining us as well. So a few, uh, interesting signings, good signings here. So. Yeah. Great signings. Yeah, Ball's making some late plays on the chessboard before yeah. we come into the season. So be, I think, um, Curtis joins us at camp next mm. week. Uh, same as Big Walt. Yeah, Big Walt is our other under lock that yeah, we signed. Yeah. So both of them join us, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, nice. Always fun to have some new some new faces running around. Yeah. Um, well, Walt's like three meters fifty or something. He's pretty tall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's pretty much two people. <laughs> yeah. And he comes <laughs> in and he's just two guys, one on the shoulders. <laughs> he tricked us. Uh, but I think uh, Curtis is a pretty big boy as well. So yeah, yep. exciting time. If he was born in Japan, he'd definitely be a lock. There's no way they let him play backs. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, it's like Geordie um, Barrett. There's no way they let him play backs in Japan and say no. There was like a commentator or something that came out and was just like, oh, Geordie could just play anywhere. Mm. Like he's just like yeah. covers six to 15. <laughs> one to f- um, <laughs> yeah. Or even one, yeah. Mate. Um, I feel like props are their own kind of like mm. people. They, uh, breed they, uh, of human. Their own group. Eh? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Props are weirdos. Um, I'll, be, I'll be the first guy to say it. Well, I think they, you've got to be a bit weird to put your head where they put their head like in scrums yeah, yeah, and yeah, racks yeah. and stuff and. They're kind of like scrum time, fun time. Like that's mm. their time to shine. Well, but everyone else hates scrum. You do like a scrum session, especially in Japan. Like, and with a Japanese scrum coach, so okay, we'll just do another fifty scrums. Yeah, and, I'm just, and the uh, coach actually has never scrummed before, so he doesn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's uh, fun times. But yeah, flankers—they're just kind of like you know, obviously pushing hard, but on the side, and you got locks in there or the tight five. I, you know, I don't think tight, locks so. get enough credit. I definitely oh. didn't give locks enough credit for how much. Actual pushing, they mm. do. <laughs> and how the heads are just squished between two, you know, <laughs> yeah, big they're, glutes. They're in the worst place. Yeah, I'd actually locks. almost argue being a lock's worse than a prop for scrum. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Getting squished oh. both sides and then. Yeah. Yeah, fun times. You know, how good a scrum. you're having a good time. Mm. <laughs> Wing, Wing's up. pretty cool too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not yeah. a cold, miserable day yeah. standing out there. Yeah, just like star scrum. You don't see too many world rugby highlights of like, a uh, good clean out or something from a prop, but you see a lot of uh, wingers diving in the corner though. So yeah, that must yeah. be very nice, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. not the worst. Um, well, they say in Japan, uh, I think like backs are the ones that you date, but you marry forwards or something. So like the backs are you know flashier and that. But if you want to settle down with someone, it's better to settle down with the forward uh, apparently. Mm. So is that oh, that's interesting? Mm. Is that more because forwards just generally play rugby for longer too. Yeah. <laughs> Wingers shelf life's very short. <laughs> I've done well to have what 
<laughs> the mm. one, this is my eighth season now. I'm pretty sure that wingers don't make it past the age of 30. This came out last year. You're just in there for the party, have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Not a long just, time. I feel like you just have to look good on the sideline and only you just get a gig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, but nice. Uh, great tangent. Uh, yep. Going back to around the grounds, that was just a helicopter report, a sudden Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Bring us back to um, code. But we got, we had Panna against uh, the Reds. Um, pretty big score, 55-30 to yeah, I watched, I Reds. watched this. Oh, with nice. a, had a wee um, carver session with me old mate, uh, Samwise Chonkit. Oh, yeah. Um, and he came over and it was just us two, so we decided to just chuck on a bit of the, um, the rugby and we watched it together. And um, I think Panna were missing maybe like 13 of their starters. Mm. So I don't know if it was a true reflection of Panna's strength because I know there were a few people around saying that, oh, like that game should have been closer. But I think Panasonic definitely weren't at full strength. I will say that they are normally a really well coached side and look like they know what they're doing, you know, but they kind of look like a bit of a shambles against mm. the Reds. So maybe, I don't know. They, they still had a bloody hissing team. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, mate, it was still a good team. I just Normally, when I watch Panasonic play, they just look so well like coached and they kind of just know what they're doing all the time. Yeah. But it just looked like they were running around aimlessly. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't think it's a true representation of the, the Panasonic that we know and love. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was still good to see them, like, you know, barring up against Super Rugby sides. Yeah. I always thought Panasonic would be one of the teams that, what with its top side, could probably compete at that level. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think uh, their foreigners obviously are pretty much as you'd expect, like um, like their category BCs, but I think A's pretty much all of their guys who play for Japan obviously aren't there. Um, so there's a big gap there, but um, still, yeah, like you said, a good team. Um, Reds probably have quite a few people who wouldn't be in their starting side either. So um, yeah. yeah, are they still at like, I think maybe seven, seven of their starters were playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. the wingers outside. Back. Yeah, Vuni Balu, who's, who Number had a very eight. good game. Mm. Yeah, Harry Wells, man, they're yeah. a very good footy player playing yeah. in like a kind of exhibition match of the Reds, I reckon. Yeah. Free trip to Japan. And- yeah, yeah, he won't be complaining. But yeah. Yeah, I think I think that the Reds, I don't, definitely wouldn't say that that was like a um, a full academy side Reds team. They definitely mm-hmm. had some pretty good players running yeah. out there for them. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously it showed they they were able to drum up a pretty good score and I actually think that score's a bit flattering to Panasonic. They mm. um I think the Reds really did dominate their game. Yeah, yeah. True. yeah, they definitely dominated the malls as well. Like just every time they got in there twenty two, they just <laughs> mall try. <laughs> Hooker, just highest okay. tries of the game. <laughs> yeah. Three tries, four tries. I was having a yarn to someone about this, how like Hookers are just scoring so many tries at the moment. Yeah. How, oh, yeah, yeah. Which malls. Like the um the Brumbies hooker, the highest try scoring yeah. super rugby. <laughs> <laughs> Gone are the days of wingers right, drumming up mm. tries. So, yeah. Yeah. Only good for looking good. Now, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but, yeah, well, I think uh, it'd be interesting to see, like, if it was, like, in-season top teams, it'd be interesting to see, like, if there was a kind of Champions League kind of thing that they sound like they're trying to do for rugby as well, where the top teams from around uh, – the world versus each other. Yeah. That'll be um your interest to see how that score changes if it's, you know, after the season or once everyone's played and um at their peak almost with their best players. So I'd hopefully you see it. I did future. see a um like you're talking about like an international club comp kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did see that um Australia have approached New Zealand to do like the an Anzac side to play mm. maybe the Lions, I think. Yep, yep. Two thousand and twenty five. Yeah. I mean that's still a while away, but man, that would I reckon that would be really cool. Yeah, I'd love cool. to, I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice.
But yeah, uh, next, we had a game of two Div 1 teams. You got Cannon Eagles, the Yokohama Cannon Eagles against the Kobe Steelers. Um, mm. I think both teams, you know, put on relatively strong teams. Uh, but I think there were quite a few changes, second half and stuff like there always is. Uh, but Cannon going, um, yeah, getting the win 39-19, seven tries to three. So pretty good performance from them. But again, hard to read too much into it, um, before the season starts. I, I reckon Cannon and Kubota were like dark horses last year, <sighs> kind of like, um, Kubota obviously did really well, but mm-hmm. I think Cannon really took a leap up from where they had been. Yeah. Which was like kind of mid table battlers to really. I think they were a, fifth a, Yeah, putting a step forward to being like mm. a top four side. They, yeah, they seems like they're putting a, together a nice yeah, they, squad to They've got good players the and they play four. like pretty enterprising footy. Oh. They like they have like another DNA too where, you know, you know what you're going to get when you play them and mm-hmm. it's, it's like they, they love those little like dinky kicks around the back, like the short kicks, mm. like grubbers yeah. and short little kicks that just keep testing your backfield and keep, like trying to keep the wingers and the, the fullbacks and the halfbacks honest. You yeah, said it's yeah. like loopy passes and like run yeah, arounds yeah. and it's stuff. It's definitely and- like a um, a cool style and uh, I think the whole team's bought into it and uh, they're, they're building something pretty cool down there. Yeah, forward pack's going really well too. Like got some good like locks in there that are playing like Lucy's and mm-hmm. mm, ball carriers. Yeah. And- yeah, exciting times. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd, I'd – um, they're not really a dark horse anymore, but I think, yeah, they, they do have a strong team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you can see last year probably wasn't, you know, a fluke. It's just uh, that's what they're building towards. So yeah. a lot of teams obviously getting better. The best thing for the comp is for everyone to get up. And, you know, previously it was like three or four teams who could win. Then everyone else was just like you know, making up numbers. Yeah, um, But yeah. now there's a lot more closer scores, I think. So it's a yeah, yeah great to see. But getting a really competitive. getting a lot more better range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think. Over the time I've been here, at least, the, the quality's definitely got a lot better. Mm. But what about the uh, Kobe center pairing? Yeah, Tim Nafeda, you know, former uh, center for Japan, the hero of the uh, 2019, um, one of the heroes from that World Cup, and then Lao Mape in there as well for his first game, I think, in Japan. So a um, pretty exciting center wow. pairing. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very nice like center that. pairing. And then they've still got Mikey Little as well. Yeah, yeah. There's another yeah. Uh, Mitsubishi stalwart. Mm. Now at Corbett, who's a pretty handy footballer too, so they've got some very good centres running around. Yeah, Hoodie's not too bad. Um, <laughs> he, goes right. he was okay. Yeah, he's, he's better <laughs> in green, but you know. we don't mention his name. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, I forgot we did that burning of the jersey ceremony. Now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Kubota, you said uh, we were a team that we're building. They played, uh, you see, last week they played a um, game against the Aussie team as well, but this week they played against. Uh, second of the Shimizu Blue Sharks oh, um, yes. on 33 nil. Um, so obviously a bit of a gap in terms of ability there for their top teams, but pretty good performance uh, from Kubota. And um, yeah, they're a team with a big, strong. They wouldn't pack have had and- like Foley playing, which is a pretty big mm. piece of their puzzle for Kubota. And oh, I don't even know if Crotty's playing this yeah. year, or if he's coaching or consulting or what. So I mean, probably a different side. A different Kubota side to last year, which you know was a top four team. So I mean, they probably did. Like, it was still probably quite a competitive match. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think. I think yeah, maybe I, I, it's it a shame we don't get to watch all of these. To be honest, I think uh, yeah, they didn't play too many of their foreigners, um, but it wasn't that big of a score at halftime. I don't think, but it kind of just blew it out a little bit at the uh, end. Um, but yeah, like you said, you can't necessarily watch these online, which is a bit of a shame, but. Um, I've always know um, 
They've got a huge fallback. A lot of big category A forwards uh, at Kubota. So. Well, they've got big Malcolm Marks mm, there as well. Yeah. Eh? One of the form hookers in the world. So yeah. <laughs> doesn't help. Me. He's That's massive, a eh? juggernaut of a human. I didn't realise how tall he was. Mm. Like, he's so a, tall. He's a big man. Yeah. Imagine, like, you cannot shift that guy off the ball. Like, yeah. Once he gets locked on, yeah, yeah. I'll just like start. Backing up, so you do manage to clean him out. Eh? You're definitely highlighting that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of it. Well, I think oh, now with the current rules, I think Brody Retallick. I actually wanted to mention this how just mm. in the current the games I've noticed just recently with the internationals, we're not seeing as many cards, which is kind of I think a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the players are adapting and stuff like that, and like you're not having as many games marred by just heaps of cards and just ruining the game. But I think Brody Retallick was the the victim of kind of the new rules now. Yeah, and we're like if a guy gets over the ball early. You kind of just have to concede the ruck now. Like you can't yeah. just go flying and trying to get rid of guys anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As much as I just love flying into rucks and getting rid of guys. But <laughs> and that was your fault. That's how you got to Japan. Everyone saw those highlights. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you just can't do anymore because there's such a high risk of you know, mm. like um, it's just a straight shoulder, maybe yeah. getting the back of the neck or the head or whatever. And you just you know, a ten minutes or a red card. Yeah, yeah. So kind of just, and then if you're coming from the side, well, then you get pinged from the side. Yeah, yeah. Side. Like if if you kind of win that win that race over the ball, it's pretty much just a free yeah. penalty these days. <laughs> but you definitely don't want to just be like, oh, okay, sweet, you have the ball, mate. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you just go over and give him a hug? I don't know. Yeah. Um, or do I just go back, over? Like, or do you just go back ten meters and you're just ready? Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. If you get the turnover straight after that, then you know coaches will be happy, I guess. But yeah, like you said. Their heads run in the middle, so it's hard to clean them from straight on. But if you go in from the side, then it's from the side. So, and what about if you just let him take the ball? Because if he wins the turnover, yeah, and then just pull over. On. Well, I think this is going very in depth code here, but I think that's what a lot of teams have started doing because you know, like guys, we're just getting carded so often for just ruck infringements, and it's just a waste of a you know ten minutes if you yeah. just have to sit on the sideline. So, I, I do think teams have started doing that a little bit more, letting guys kind of half win the ball but they're still in the ruck and they're just pulling them through yeah. and then you, you kind of can have a crack at them but um, I'll just have to watch a bit more code to see if that theory comes true but <laughs> um, I think that's what I've been seeing a little bit more Ooh. with um, the just the footy being played recently yeah. Baby Ben's rugby trends yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> just everything is in but yeah uh, well yeah, it would be interesting Um, well I think some guys like a coach this is years ago, so before these got strict, but it was always like if somebody's jackling you and you're the ball carrier, um, he would have rather you give away the penalty than let them have the board and kind of have a counterattack when your defense line isn't set kind of thing. So I'd rather yeah. lose the 20, 30 meters. So I guess it's all a – but, yeah. yeah, that changes I think, now. I think the game's evolved from there yeah. now. They're like, say if you give away a penalty and then they get to kick it into your corner and then like every team just has really good malls now yeah. and most teams score off a mall. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> it's just hard to defend it. Yeah, these yeah. Days, eh? Like so, like yeah. Well, and there's new rules around that too. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. I I think you're almost better off letting them have it. Definitely. Um, and the, well, maybe just like a delayed let them have it. I don't yeah, know. Their hooker's face just uh, you know uh, just lights up when they see that penalty. They're like, yes, <laughs> another try for me. And then not straight or something. Yeah, yeah. on the throw. <laughs> yeah, um, but nice. And then we got one more game: the battle of the. The Reds, we got the Red Hurricanes against the Chuguku Denyuku Red Regu Lions. Ooh, the regular that's Lions. That's an Osaka um, derby. Derby, that's mm. what I was looking for. Um, yeah. Or I think uh, Chuguku a bit more Hiroshima way, but um, yeah. No, it's the same thing. Mm. <laughs> Chuguku derby. Um, but yeah, it was a cheeky 45-5 to the Red Hurricanes. Obviously, they 
were came from Div One to Div Three uh, on their own accord. Um, but again, they a close game. To, like go down to like, start <laughs> yeah. smashing teams. <laughs> going to be the big fish they, in the pond. But like obviously they lost a lot of their players to so the mm-hmm. the D Rocks. The D Rocks. But interestingly enough, for a team that is. Um, like they're saying that amateur and pretty mm-hmm. much a worker side, or that's kind of what I thought they were going to be. They have done like signed a few players, yeah. That kind of I'm like, oh, are you guys? So are you guys an amateur side for the workers, or are you yeah. kind of like a half pro side? Because they picked up <coughs> Willie Brits, didn't mm-hmm. they? Yep. yep. And even big Colin Ryge and Burke. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. some big pickups. Like, yeah. Um, handy footballers. So I don't know if it's like a if you're in Div Three, maybe the cost of putting a team in there's less. Because there's less commitments and stuff, so maybe they're like we want to be more amateur in that way. But then I don't know if they want to stay there. Say if they're like first of Div Three, are they just going to forfeit their um, promotion, promotion game? Like, like, damn it, oh, we no. lost. Well, that, that's what I was we thinking. We got COVID because Div One and Div Two, well, the way I was told, anyways, they're like that's the professional teams. Like, they're mm-hmm. the teams that have bought into, you know, having an academy and building like a, a brand around a city or something like that. Yeah. And then the Div 3 teams are teams that still have, you know, rugby teams, but they probably couldn't commit to that or they um, just weren't good enough or whatever. So if a team was good enough to, you know, be in Div 2, but just keep electing <laughs> yeah. to be in Div 3, I don't know, like, I don't know how that works. Um, for that game, it's like, never seen a team drop so many balls in their life, like 57 knock-ons <laughs> yeah. where they just throw it to the opposition, but no own goals in rugby, so. There's no other way to do it, I guess, but, um, yeah. You could uh, just forfeit, can't you? Surely. I will, oh. COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got, um, Easy card. Yeah, SARS. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it'll be interesting. I don't know what's uh, yeah, going to happen. I mean, they talked about it being, like, you know, ability of the team and uh, the, I guess, team's makeup in their situation, like Ben said, on where they get placed. And Shukki were, like, the best team in the second div before it merged. Um, and then suddenly they're in like Div 3 and they were just like, what is happening? Like we almost got into top league the year before and suddenly they're starting at the bottom and obviously they got promoted. Uh, there'll be another good team to watch in Div 2 as well. So Div 2 should be pretty interesting. A lot of teams who can do a lot of things yeah, in there. So yeah. I still think they need to merge Div 2 and Div 3. Mm. Like I've said this before, but I just saw the Div 3 game schedule come out and it's just like the four teams playing each like each other over and over again yeah, over yeah. like a six month period i'm just like my goodness oh, yeah it's just gonna be a long season for those teams man. it's normally it used to be six teams but then Senex left obviously so it's just five teams oh, every so week five, yeah, four, someone's okay. got a yeah. buy but then there's another week after that where all teams have a buy because they want to try and keep it the same schedule as the 12 team comp in div one so they can do the promotion relegation but yeah, I mean, we know like in Div 2 yeah. last year, it was like every two or three weeks, it was just a week off and real hard to get a kind of good rhythm going. Yeah. There, so. Oh, yeah, like just merge them. I yeah. just think. Just bring them together, eh? Just and hopefully, I mean, there'll be some big cricket score games, mm-hmm. but hopefully it just brings a level up for all the teams too. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's Should they even make like, say like the Red Hurricanes, they are a company team, but they're like, okay, if we're going to be in Division 2, if that merged together, like, could they just like probably what, I reckon like that I'd prefer that. Competition? Yeah. And like, it just weeds everyone out, like, that doesn't want to have a rugby program. Like. I think there's a lot of companies, like the Curator are a good example, that want to have a rugby program, and they've got a long history of having a rugby program that's Kai Shine or, like, a worker-based 
program and then they have like a couple of foreigners. And like I reckon that they wouldn't want to fold that. Like there's too much history there. Yeah. But they don't really want to commit to being a fully professional team. Yeah. And that's kind of what Div 3 is for, just like kind of teams like that. They just want to hold on to their legacy and just oh, – Kind of, or just want to have a rugby program for workers because the whole – I'm just again going real deep here, but mm. the whole t- reason that the pro- the rugby programs even started was that um, when companies first got made, workers were just getting real bored because they were just working yeah. all the time. So companies are oh, that will make sport teams so that you guys have an outlet and can do something. And then it just turned into a massive pissing contest because <laughs> the bosses wanted to have the best rugby mm. team. So yeah. then they started, you know, getting players getting from uni. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then eventually that turned into like getting the odd foreigner and yep. then it's turned into right, now what it is which is like a full professional setup yeah, yeah. so Charita uh, one of the OGs that did just have like a full worker setup and that's what they've kept the whole time yeah and so they're like oh well, this is what we've always had and this is what we we want to just keep doing like are you going to cut us out <laughs> so, uh, yeah this is me from uh, what greatest showman that's what it's about Kurita. Yeah. that's what they are so yeah it's a uh, gush I think everyone's got their own way. Like you said, some teams don't want to go away from Shane from the employees because um, that's, what, that's what it's there for, mm-hmm. I guess, because like, it's always yeah. been it's like an outlet. I mean, it's a bit – I know at Curita as well, the rugby players don't get paid anymore for being rugby players. Like, it's just – that's what they do. They mm-hmm. work and play rugby. Yeah. It's kind of like they only have to work half the time, but then afterwards – so that's kind of like what's good about it. They get time off to play rugby kind of thing, but no, their wage isn't necessarily a, a curator. That's not. Oh, it's just full work? Yeah, full work. Oh, that's right. And nine then to five, night. and then they just have to like seven bust to ass from work to get to training at seven and train yeah. seven till nine. Oh, fun so it's like a full, like, kind of like a club setup. Mm. But I, um, they get let into the company where it's a very high paying and well renowned company and like maybe not necessarily the smartest or sharpest knives in the drawer mm. are getting like really good jobs. Yeah, <laughs> because they play rugby. They play footy. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. they get into a, a really good salaryman job. Yeah, normally they play rugby for like you know three to four years. You know, retire and then they're in a, a they pretty a job good, for life. Yeah, good, pretty good job for life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I think. Uh. I mean, at Coke, it was you work half the day and then you play rugby. Originally, it was like like you said, train after rugby. Uh, sorry, after our work for the whole day. Um. And then like the Coke boys were. Some of them were doing vending machines, like just putting the products in vending machines for half the day and then going to rugby. And they were getting paid less than what the people who are doing vending machines all day were getting. <laughs> but if they get into the 23 or something, then they get a match bonus and stuff. So I think that would put them up. But oh, obviously not everyone's getting that. So. Oh, I see. Um, but yeah, those guys, I mean, Coke's obviously a big ca- company, but going in as a rugby player, you don't get like the good position. Like you might do it pretty through you. It's just like, well, you got some more vending machines you got to do. So <laughs> it's kind of, I think a lot of them were keen to go pro, but depending on which company you go, you go into, you're kind of going in there. Obviously, you want to play rugby while you're young, but then after that, you've got a job for life. Like I said, probably in a previous podcast, unless you break the law or something, you can't get fired for incompetence. Yeah. Um, you, you've Just got tenure, basically. So, um, yeah, it's like if you get in through rugby, like Ben said, some guys might be like, I can still play rugby, but yeah. I get more money if I just concentrate on my work now. Yeah. And I've gotten through my rugby, don't necessarily have to commit for a certain amount of years probably. So just uh, Yeah, I think like three was pretty much like the standard. Mm-hmm. Like it was a huge turnover like players. But yeah, normally like three players of their three years out of uni. So like 26, 27. Done. Just salary, man. I think Mitzi's pretty cool. Mitsubishi, sorry. 
but they offer boys you can be Kai Shine or pro. And even some of the boys that go in as Kai Shine then choose like, oh, have developed their rugby enough that they think, oh, I could actually have a pretty handy career if I go pro and they can go pro at Mitsubishi. Like yeah. you, you can kind of shift. But I don't know if you can go from pro to Kai Shine. Eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at the, I think Mitsubishi is a pretty, obviously a big company, like the heavy industry as well. It's another one where, you know, they're doing some pretty big stuff there. So you need to be pretty smart normally to get in. But they've got um, heaps of different sectors. So people who come in as the Kai Shine for rugby, won't necessarily be doing any of the like you know crazy engineering or whatever but still get pretty good job i think so um and yeah i hear of a lot of people who are new coming into mitsubishi we're mostly pro now but a lot of the best players get the choice of going kashane first so yeah. it's kind of like an incentive almost which is unthinkable i guess overseas you're like why would you not want to be 100 percent rugby but i think in the long run it's just better for you they're thinking long term yeah, post yeah. rugby. Not Job a bad way to think. Yeah. Definitely not a bad way to They're think. They're doing their PD as yeah, they yeah. go. Um, yeah. and we just try to do it all afterwards, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we'll get to yeah. 35, 34 and be like, oh, what do I do now? If you're lucky, man. Yeah, if you're yeah, lucky, well, mate, If you're a Ford, <laughs> mate, 38. I'll be on the side of the scrum. <laughs> 32. <laughs> um, well, yeah, there you go. You guys have already started. Uh, by becoming professional podcasters. So, yeah. Um, right away. Yeah. I don't know if professional. Mm, are are yeah, we getting well, paid for this? Well, I'm currently about $400 in the red at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tax right off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, I've, I think the, this isn't even for this podcast, for the Japanese podcast, um, that I do. I, uh, somebody sent a 3000 yen Starbucks voucher to the Coke Clubhouse, like, when I was young, I was like, oh. I'm I'm professional. I just got paid, and then uh, yeah. So I mean, nothing um, else came in for it. <laughs> so I think all of this cost about what fifty thousand yen or something, and then three thousand off. So I'm only got forty seven thousand yen to go before I'm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no, and then I bought I think of all the good memories. Like you're paying yourself on good memories. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, it's not about the price. It's not about making money. Like obviously. If we were, I'd put a lot more media content out, like <laughs> um, doing the bare minimum. But it's just a fun to talk with you guys and yeah. share the love of rugby oh, yeah. and spin some yarns yeah, and chew some fat yeah nice um, well I speaking on that media presence um, I did ask a few questions I went through a few of them with Ben I uh, didn't want to go through like the big big questions so I wanted H to be there for it but just went through someone's about Ben can't remember what they were they were insignificant <laughs> um, no no they were, they were great questions um, but just uh, if you guys are keen, yep. go through some of those heavy I mean, hitting questions. And um, what's your thoughts on going through the uni system versus coming in on a trainee contract? So I guess that might be like the young foreign people who come yep. in, they've got their opportunity to go to uni or maybe just go straight into a team. I've thought about this a lot, actually, because I, th- I always thought I was like, when I first came here, I was like, man, I wish I'd thought about doing uni in Japan, you know, yep. and, and doing it that way. But the longer I've been in Japan now, I do think it's a good option for players to maybe try and get sh- go from school straight into a good club and get coaching from there. Not to look down too much on the Japan uni system, but I, d- I do think the coaching there probably isn't quite up to scratch with what maybe you'd get back home playing a high level of club footy or even just getting a training contract with a team. Yeah. And maybe holding a tackle bag. I mean, like it'll suck, like you're holding a bag for like three, four, five years, but you're getting some really good coaching and learning from some really good players along the way. Yeah. I've, I've 
actually had most of my learnings over here have been from um, just players that I've played with along the way, mm. like really good top international players that just can kind of help you develop as a footy player. Yeah. Because even if you go to uni, it's not like your degree or, you know, that you're getting could potentially use, be used other way or elsewhere. Yeah. It's um, kind of like a, un- well, it's like a, we're giving you this degree in commerce, but we both agree that you're not going to use it, right? Like, <laughs> please, all you've done is rugby. Yeah. You don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah. to spell commerce. Yeah, because so. I, uh, I've thought about this. I've got a little brother that's um, going through school at the moment back home in New Zealand. And if he wanted to consider coming to Japan, and at first I was like, oh, man, I could probably try to get him into a uni over here. And I was thinking, oh, actually, like maybe not even just the club I'm at, but it would be good for him to go just straight into like a club and you know just know that you're probably not going to get much game time with the top team but you're hopefully going to get some good coaching and you do your time and you know maybe eventually become a category a and yeah you'll be able to place have some good years of footy over here yeah well that's it the coaching like if you're going to the top universities you're probably all right but you know if you're sort of going to a lesser university the coach is not gonna be great and then yeah japan like most of the teams now are running you know like some pretty top class you know, foreign coaches that, you know, you, you get some pretty good learnings out of more so than you'd get at a club back home in New Zealand. Yeah. I think, you know, and then the players themselves too, like, you know, veteran super rugby players, internationals, like a lot of guys that have played a lot of good rugby that, you know, you can pick their brains a little bit. And if, if you're into that kind of growth mindset and you know, developing as a player, you can learn a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, there's probably pros and cons, isn't it? It's pretty easy if you get in. To a uni there, you probably don't have as high, uh, I guess, uh, level that they're looking for if you're going into a uni. Uh, if you're going into a team, you will probably still be able to find a team, especially if you're young enough and you've got that potential, but you might not necessarily be able to go into one of the top teams straight away, which isn't obviously the uh, be all end all. But if you were at a uni and you kind of almost got your category A by then, then a bigger team might be more likely to pick you up uh, for a bigger contract there. But then like you said, Ben, the coaching might not be as good. So is it better for you to, I guess, get your coaching up? Oh, you're sorry, your skills up at maybe a team where you're not getting paid as much or whatever, but then you're already in that program or is it better to go to uni? You'll get definitely better at your Japanese if you're at a uni. <laughs> yeah. uh, you'll have uh, three years of, I guess, your five years you need for category A. And then from there, because you've only got two years left, a lot of teams might be more likely to sign you from there. So yep. there's definitely pros and cons on both, I think. But yeah. whatever, if you're looking for like that Japan experience, learning Japanese straight away, like you can probably get away with not learning that much Japanese if you go straight into a, like a pro team kind of thing. Uh, but at a uni, yeah, you're kind of lost without it. So, and, uh, um, so yeah, I guess. Oh, it's yeah, I, I definitely left that part out. I definitely think, um, in terms of just experience, you're better off going to a uni. Like, mm-hmm. I was thinking purely as like a professional rugby player, but hundred yeah. percent. If if you just want to experience, you know, have a different experience, and that can lead to a professional rugby contract, uni's the way to go. Mm-hmm. I think the university experience in in Japan would be a pretty fun yeah. time. I think it'd also make you pretty tough because uh, some of the trainers just like yeah. The, yeah I um, mean, the trainings are hard by just mm-hmm. when you know you're in a different country, yeah, you're yeah, learning yeah. a new language, you know, new friends, and stuff like that. You live in dorms, like mm. interesting experience. I can be pretty fun. You know, and it's it's only three years, which yeah. in like the big scheme of things isn't like heaps of time. A very long time, eh? yeah. Heaps of and people. it's like your formative two years too. You know, like it's your fun years. So you know, you get to have a bit of fun mm-hmm. as well, muck around with some mates. You go into a rugby program, and I'm not saying it's not fun, but 
you know, it's a definitely a lot more serious. You're getting paid to play rugby, so you kind of have to take that a bit more seriously, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess if it doesn't work out in the first year or two, you're kind of like, oh, unlucky. Um, but for uni-wise, like you said, it's uh, there's people who'd kill to be able to come over to, you know, go to uni and stuff, but um, it's probably quite expensive or you need proper skills or something to be able to get into a uni over here. But if you're able to come through rugby, that's a pretty, you know, lucky situation to be in. So something that a lot of people who would love to live over here would, you know, pretty give a lot for. So yeah. definitely, yeah, pros and cons pros for and both. Cons, yeah. So, yeah, whatever your, I guess, situation is, what you're looking for. And then from there, it's just, you know, how hard you work. The more you work in a uni environment, obviously, the more you get out of it with your Japanese and everything. And I uh, just so social skills, learning the culture, which is a big one. So, um, and then the same with uh, going, looking to try go for a trainee contract as well. You obviously trainee contract, you got nothing, uh, I guess, for you in terms of concrete deals or anything. So just about uh, putting your best foot forward. And if you think you're good enough and that's the way you want to go, then there can be a big shortcut, like Ben said, to get top quality coaching that you might not get at club level mm. back home. So, yeah. Um, good question, though. Yeah, great question. I've, I've definitely done a lot of thinking about that same yeah, nice. scenario. How good? How good? Um, well, there's one question. Uh, oh, did I ask you this last week? Um, Nick Ely, who has been on the podcast re- uh, previously, was like, have listener numbers gone down since Ben has joined oh. the pod? Um, <laughs> well, we've already answered that question. We just picked up two <laughs> extra Sushans. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were saying that they listened up to... Uh, they, <laughs> they, <laughs> they stopped. No, um, After they listened to like, Ely speak at the speed of Snail, they're like, no, we can't. <laughs> You'll listen to this podcast. Here. Yeah, for next, uh, we recommend putting it at times three speed. Um, but then I just sound like a chipmunk. Um, but yeah, I think I had to look at the numbers. There was a jump on the first episode you came in, but then it plateaued a little bit. So um, it didn't, it wasn't an exponential growth. But oh, there so was it jumped and we plateaued at the jump? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, it, a little dip. So uh, people consolidation, like, oh. we consolidation, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, nice. Uh, and then another, I guess, serious question. Um, how important is communication without, within a multinational team? Uh, Very I, important. Yeah, I was going to say the, the question's like, I, th- I think it's a little bit rhetorical, like it's obviously really important, um, but I think more, more so for the foreigners to really like get a grasp of the Japanese language, like it's real, I think, maybe selfish to get into a rugby team and just expect everyone to, to speak English and understand you. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, you go a long way learning language, we're able to speak to the Japanese players and um, like learning the way that they pronounce words and stuff on the field and things like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, obviously, like rugby, you need to be able to communicate in rugby, and I struggled with it a lot in my first year, not being able to speak the language. And it was a big motivation for me to learn was that just being able to communicate on the field makes my rugby better, and makes me look better for like contracting. So, <laughs> you know, like you, you, you're doing yourself and your team a favor by being able to communicate in Japanese for for the rugby side of things. Yeah, on it's not, not, side, not, yeah. not having to like understand everything, eh? Like, mm-hmm. is no, no, you absolutely know the basics not. Yeah, around I'm just being ju- just the rugby side of things. Yeah, obviously, content, yeah. I'd love to be able to just speak Japanese fluently in Japan, but yeah. I just on, on the rugby side of things, a hundred percent. I think learning Japanese and and um, embracing it f- for the players, and they respect that too. Mm-hmm. They love when the foreigners Should just, yeah, yeah. are trying to um, you know speak Japanese. Yeah, just meet, yeah. Just if you have foreigners. Wanting to meet someone halfway, like obviously the Japanese boys are keen to learn English and they'll try to speak English to you. But if you just piggyback off that, then you know they can kind of sense it as well. But if you meet them halfway, you're trying to 
speak Japanese, uh, then that really shows that you're keen to get involved in the culture. And um, yeah, and it also helps you. Obviously, there's a bit of a, um, it's a bit easier in rugby terms. Like we've got words that like calls and whatever that you can call in, they'll be universal. So you don't have to translate a call into a different language. And words like ruck are just laku. Um, <laughs> so it's just a. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but forward passes slow forward. Uh, that annoys me, but it's a, it's not a. I also think like um, at our level as well, like trying to discuss things on the field on the fly. Mm. You know, you can't just wait till half time for the coaches to kind of tell you what to do. Like oh, especially for me on the wing, anyways, there's a lot of stuff that I'm trying to fix on the fly in yeah. the game. And if you can't communicate that to your team, and or like the backs, especially the backfield, like you know, you just have to play like the rest of the half. Or whatever, or without communicating or yeah, telling them, and yeah. they're just making the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, you know things like that where communication—you only get like a small snippet of time, maybe to try and get a message across. And if you don't know how to get it across, mm-hmm. you know, you're like you're just hurting your own team. Yeah, probably yeah, helps you with that communication. Like you're like, oh, normally in English, this I would just ramble, but here because I can't in Japanese, just yeah. like flatter or something, or like pass quicker or give me the ball <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah it, I guess it could probably help you with your English as well if you're like oh in Japanese it's most efficient to say it this way and yeah. you might be like oh that's all I have to say in that's English as well I, so yeah definitely what I've found as well like yeah being yeah like you said in English you'd be like blah, 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 blah. and then in Japanese you'd just be like boom yeah one word <laughs> that's it that's all you need to know gumbare gumbare <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. like good that we we've developed like language around it though, like rugby language, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That you know, just one word cues that you can just use that like get the boys to yeah, or like just think about things. Yeah, yeah. Be nice. Here's one. Uh, I don't know if it's awesome. You like Ben's word of the week, but hubba. Oh yeah, nice. It's like hubba. a really good word that took me. I didn't. Hubba, I, didn't hubba. I didn't learn it for a while, but when they I learned it, I was like, hubba, hubba, hubba. Yeah, but that yeah. just means spacing. Mm. But like a really good word to know in rugby on attack and defense that you can kind of just say and the boys will just quickly understand what you're trying to say. It's kind of like width kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like. but, but I, um, I didn't know that for a long time. I was like, man, I wish I'd known this word a lot earlier. So, so what is the, mean, what like is the meaning? In like defense, spacing? you're spacing. So really like, like tight or something. You'd yeah, be like, like hubba, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're too tight. You've got to get good spacing. Okay. Yeah, like, you, do you have to say you're just hubba? Just hubba. Like so if you were too know. tight, do you have to say you're too tight? Oh, you can say like hubba hidoku, so wider. But just with hubba, people probably be like, It just oh. means like, you know, space with the boys immediately like just check the space and like, oh, wait, we're way too tight to the rack. Mm. Oh, yeah. Just like a or maybe we're too wide. Yeah. Trigger word to yeah, it's a trigger word. Yeah. A good thing. Hubba. Hubba. Just a wee hubs. Hubba. Nice. Um, Bands. Yeah. Word of the week. Chicka chicka. You're just going to just say chicka chicka. <laughs> oh, turning he's into say he's gonna I wish it came and then he's not going to delete it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll delete. Nah, this that was really funny, Doug. You have to keep it in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> I'm just going to keep that part in. Just use your snippet of saying that's really funny, Doug, on everything I say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think um, there's a lot of, I guess, words like that that in English might be like, oh, make sure we keep our spacing, boys, or something. But in Japanese, like, haba, and you're like, okay, sweet. Or, um, so yeah, it's just more efficient. So yeah, yeah. like you said, Communication doesn't matter if it's a multinational team or what is important, but it's just harder sometimes in that multi-language team. So it's just about working out how you can be the most efficient, um, but get the point across, obviously, because you don't want to be like, huh, 
um, to make haba short and no one knows what you mean. So <laughs> too efficient isn't good either. Um, maybe that's not efficient at all. Anyway, sorry, I'm rambling. I need to speak in Japanese. Haba. Um, we've got one more question. Okay. Um, this one is Doug's eyes light up. I'm like, yeah. what kind of question is it? Now this one's one that we got from uh, someone we've already talked about, a former boar. Oh, um, I hate him. <laughs> no, you can't speak said, uh, his name. <laughs> um, ben Poltridge's top five. Should we make it top three? Top three wingers in League One. And then he said, surely uh, Benny's weekly top five oh. slash three. Well, I reckon we need to know one more winger. Mm. We already reckon HBC's top threes. Yeah, that'll be Wouldn't, that works. HBC it's easy as your top three. Top three wingers. I'd I'd be rude not for me not to say. Myself and Mitty, wouldn't it? Like, you, you, just have to, you, you have to pick the Mitsubishi mm. wingers first, wouldn't you? Tell yep. them or else, like, you're not Mickey. really backing ourselves. And but, so um, who's, the sec- who's the last person? I wouldn't say the last, but um, there's definitely a lot of really good form wingers mm. in the competition at the moment. I'm really interested to see how big um, Tangili Naira Volvo goes for the, the Green Rockets. Just a very big man running down the wing who's like made big players look like dolls and like the big stage so he could be formidable in japan yeah nice. um i could definitely see him coming off the scrum running at the 10 channel uh, um, uh, oh. there's one if i butt into your yep. weekly top five uh panasonic's winger he's oh. kind I, was of gonna, one, I was gonna mention him some yeah. ec2 Tupo. Is that who, um, we oh, he's good as well obviously i was oh. going for a um japanese one oh, um sorry. he's uh, takeyama koki he was played in that uh, some Wolves game that right. played against Japan last year, but he's uh, yeah been one of the form wingers for them in the last year. He played fullback against us a few weeks ago, but he was on the wing against the Reds. He uh, yeah. goes pretty good yep. as well. So, I, uh, but yeah, like you said, Simisi as well. Yeah, Simisi Tupo. I think mm. he is he category A now. Uh, sure. Soon, I yeah, think. Soon, I think he's been here for a while. So. Yeah, but he he's just as good as a lot of the players. I think he. Has a bright future in Japan. He looks like he's got some good wheels on him and reads the game well. Well, he was one that obviously didn't come from like club rugby. He was um, in professional setups, but he came in uh, young and went straight to Penna. And obviously, he hasn't played much for them, but he's been obviously learning from them. As soon as he gets that cat I think he's you know straight into their starting yep. lineup basically. Yep. So he even like sometimes plays just mm. because he goes really good. So. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it just. Uh, if you're happy to, I guess, learn and not necessarily play week in, week out for the first few years, then, you know, you get those opportunities. So that's one person who's done it the, I guess, trial the long way. way yeah. Yeah. Um, another one is he played sevens. The, is it Chihito Matsui, the cannon winger? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he um, like kind of went under the radar a little bit last year for cannon in the sense that not many people talked about him, but he was scoring tries mm. pretty much every week and he's got, he gets his arms through the tackle a lot for offloads. Not really my specialty, but you know he he does well, takes contact, and always gets arms through. So yeah, nice. He's another one to maybe watch out for. They ended up being a top five. Then well done. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Only because I just took me and Nitty as well. Yeah, yeah. too. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, oh man, there's so many good wingers mm. over here. Like obviously Marika as well. Like most yeah. teams are just running a very strong back three, yeah. or at least one really like solid winger, yeah. international winger. <laughs> apart from the boss, but <laughs> we got two we great don't need them we yeah. don't need them that um, yeah it's like they're just part of the game now when I first mm. came most teams you know just went with their Japanese wingers yeah. and invested 
you know, in like a Lucy and a then big, like a 10, 12. Yeah, yeah. Like when, the, when it was only or... two foreigners. Yeah. But like as the kind of quotas got bigger and I guess more and more players have slowly kind of- Got like, cat A. Yeah, got cat A. <laughs> you know, like there's just a lot more mm-hmm. um, room to kind of, you know, um, get like foreign wingers and things over now. So most teams are kind of running them. Props is another one. You never used to see props in Japan, yeah, foreign yeah. props. And now most teams are running at least one front rower. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, I think if you, because props are something that Japan like produce quite a lot of good props. And so it's a luxury if you're using one of your four foreigners in a prop position. Um, but then you've got guys like Craig Murdoch at Pana who he was one of those, but now he's played for Japan. He's Kat A. So I guess that investment. Is, is, is his name? Is he the one at Kobe? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's another one. Yeah. It was like a World Cup token hero for mm. But yeah, no, that's what I mean. Just now as more and more players, players sort of accrue that cat A, you, know, you kind of just start seeing a lot more different like positions that normally probably wouldn't get gigs in Japan in the past. Was that uh, Nakajima Esede, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was in one. Uh, season one of uh, our podcast when I was back at Koka. It was a very crack-up podcast, so make sure you listen to that episode. <laughs> bucket just, of laughs, yeah, if you know was, wondering. Mm, it was, I think it was a bucket and a half, really. It was a very much a lot of laughter on that one, so make sure you check it out. Talk um, talk about someone that gives me laughs. Did mm-hmm. you want to do my favourite segment? The Derlin story of the day. The Derlin story of the day. The Derlin story of the day. The pickle play. <laughs> Love that song. Anyway, um, <laughs> Great <I'll>, uh, <laughs> he just always gives me laughs anyways. Um, I've actually struggled for content from our friend the pickle. Who I think he's actually like you said he's got an anti pickle. I've got a reverse pickle play. Yeah, yeah. but I do have our pickle play. But it's not as I, I think he's actually just slowly becoming a better human. <laughs> but um, I'll just do like a small pickle play where obviously we had um, about seven days off, and so um, our friend the pickle, in all his wisdom, decided to just leave like a. Um, like a protein shake that he had drunk but mm-hmm. hadn't washed out. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. just closed it and then just let it ferment mm. and fester for like the whole week in his locker. And I don't know if it's fate, destiny, or just bad luck, but Dylan is in my locker row. And he then proceeded to just like, I don't know who did this on purpose or what, but he opened the like shaker in our locker row. Mm hmm. And my God, the smell was just like, it was, it made me like gag in my mouth. It was like horrendous. If people don't know, like off protein that's been festering for a week, yes. it's, yeah. it's just disgusting. It's nothing worse. And just like, I cooked out a whole locker row. And then he was like, oh, yuck. Ooh, whoops. What have I done? I'm just like, get that out of here. And then he just like tried to, he just spent all morning trying to clean it, like put heaps of um, washing liquid. And mm-hmm. I think he's still using it. I, I would have thrown it. I absolutely would not have used yeah, it again. Same here. Like that's that's too far, like too far gone. Yeah, and we get free shakers at the club, anyways. But whatever, he tried. He washed it out and kept it. Weirdly enough, no, the frugal pickle coming good. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, that was just a small little pickle play. He's normally got better content, but um, Mm -hmm. I have a reverse pickle play. He um, went out on I want to say Friday night on on the week off with a random friend, but he caught the train in by himself, which is amazing in itself. But then he spent the whole night and most of the morning and caught the first train back, and which is a local too, yeah. all the way back, which I think like, I don't know, props to the pickle. That's like yeah, a, yeah that's a big It's, it's a big, uh, that's a, like an investment of your time. Like yeah. I hate that train. That's with the growth. Passion. That's right. growth mindset. He, um, and that's a local that stops at every stop. That's yeah. a, that when you've been on the, on the juice, 
all night and morning and you're on that train that I just, oh, I hate it. And, you're just, yeah. and most of the time you can't get a seat because it's the first train so everyone's trying to get on it. And so, you're kind of standing, like, hanging on to the little, rail, like, with your head on your, like, arm, yeah. and you're just, like, swaying, <laughs> and you, know, you feel like throwing up, and you just keep looking up, and you're just you're stopping, like, every three minutes at every stop. And it's, I mean, it's a rite of passage. Like, I'm glad he's done it. Um, he's definitely leveled up in my books a little bit. Maybe this break's been good for him. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a better person for it. Mm. Well, yeah, I was actually telling him, because um, obviously he's a special guest, maybe our third episode special guest, but... So you got to get back on. It's just one way street of uh, Ben saying, I'm sure you've got, you know, uh, your side of the story and all this stuff. So I can't wait to get, um, the pickle versus the poultridge. Um, <laughs> pickle, <laughs> pickle versus the peacock. Oh, I've got a um, lot of ammo for that guy. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be a feature for us. Um, that will just be an hour long feature special. Uh, and just be me and Age will just be drinking we'll be a the hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going to do the little point. sound effects the whole point time. Yeah, yeah. Um, after repoint but yeah um look forward to that one but nice um well h to finish off this is just throwing to you normally we talk about what we're going to talk about but this one we haven't planned and uh, do you have you know you made that great jingle hbc's HBC. top three you know top three something something <laughs> that <laughs> wasn't what you said but it was close enough yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hbc's top pick uh number one Jump over to Jandals in Japan podcast. Mm. I did a podcast around uh, rugby in Japan. You just told nice. me not to listen to it before. <laughs> <laughs> you can't listen to it, but everyone else listen to it. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, that's my first one. Second one, I don't actually Oh, these are just like top, just three random things. Well, yeah, just, we don't even have a subject. It's up to oh, yeah. yeah, I need a jingle too. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, Next you've week. already got one. Doug's got a, Doug's going to cut that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you're so you just got to, you could just do HBC's top three anything. I've actually mm. well that's what I was just planning to do, but I now I've spent it. Oh yeah, yeah. You've um, got two more things. Right, so that you can uh, have one, and you can have one. <laughs> yeah, the podcast. Oh, then should you do HBC? It's your segment, but each person just has one osusume uh, of the week or like pick. Oh, so of the you've week, just taken so. my segment. Now. Yeah, yeah. You've had too many segments. Then- I got a lot of emails saying uh, Ben has too many segments. <laughs> delete three. So. <laughs> My Osasumi, oh, um, obviously I did Unisun last time, the hot pool. Yeah. Um, I would, if you're in the, the kind of where I am, I want to say Tama area or like Sagamihara or Tamasakai area, heading to Tama Zoo. It's uh, like a like a pretty well set up zoo. Since I've got a lot, they've got like a Africa area. And on the Africa area, they have a lion bus. Oh, oh. It's like 300 yen to hop on the bus, but the bus takes you around like with the lions and stuff, but they put like meat on the side of the bus. So the lions come up no. on the bus and like are eating on the bus. So you get some like real cool shots of them like with the mouth open wow. going at it. So, I mean, you put me on the spot and I had to really think quick, yeah, but that good. would be a bit of a recommendation if you're in the local area. The one con is that the zoo's on a hill. Yeah. So like- some heavy walking <laughs> meters walking uphill for Definitely some, not on a for Wednesday some of the, day off. Yeah, for some of the, I have done it on a Wednesday day off before and it was tough work. Um, but I mean, also, like on the plus side, like you, you know, you're burning some calories if that's what you want to do. Um, <laughs> they've got a nice cafe at the top and they've got the koala center at the top Whoa. of the hill as well. But they've got heaps of cool stuff, they've got like cheetahs, wolves. I mean, they've got heaps of, heaps of stuff. Elephant, they've got the Africa elephants in the Africa zone and the Asian elephants in the Asia zone. I mean, yeah, it's got so, a yeah. very comprehensive zoo for just like a random zoo, yeah. kind of in the middle of nowhere, 
that costs you 500 yen to enter. Yeah, nice. Great. What's the same? Sorry, you can on the Tama monorail if people don't know that. It's a monorail. Like, yeah. Mm. Yep. Monorail. Is that your monorail. another segment? Monorail. Which is monorail. monorail. <laughs> um, I hear you. It's like a fairly like famous monorail. You can get to the Tama Zoo from that. So there you go. Mm. Did you, yeah. uh, um, I was trying to think of one of the lines from the monorail song on The Simpsons. Uh, I hear it's uh, awfully loud. Uh, sorry. Um, that was a great Osasume, uh, or pick. Yeah, that was really um, good. I, I've, uh, I was the one who recommended this and then you've done a good one. I'm like, oh crap, my one's terrible. But I was just going to say, um, the borders have opened up now. Obviously you can come in, but one thing that really speeds up the process when you're going through <laughs> the airports is, is to have the My SOS app. To yes. filled it in. If it comes blue, is it? You just yes. basically walk through. There's all these, there'll be people who haven't done it who are like sitting down and having to fiddle out. But if you've got it, you feel like, you know, you've got a fast pass at Disneyland. Yeah. Just going through the lines, you can probably get from off the plane to the luggage place in 20 minutes. So oh, that's my recommendation. Even quicker than that. Well, I got from, oh, here he is. So Solo I got from triplet. the plane. Yeah, I got from the plane to, uh, through right through in ten minutes. Yeah, wow, oh, wow. was that fast? What to the bags? No, through got my bags through in ten minutes. Ten minutes. That's yeah. impressive. Um, I had the, the baggage handlers never normally never that quick. Was it? Yeah, my also, bags came out pretty quick. And then is that because you're business class? Hi, bye. Yeah, it must be nice. Must, it must be, be nice. Uh, but no, um, <laughs> sorry, I've stolen that. Must be nice from that Hamish and podcast. So I've got. What about it. my cookies? Were they nice? Yeah, short, you guys um, only had like well, a little bit too. Soon. I didn't want to nibble in front of the mics because I was like, I'm the one editing it out, so. Um, they always talk about, you know, the best way to make your like editing good is to not have to edit. Um, yeah, anyway. I don't know um, if we're there yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're getting there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, I think like you said that my SOS app, um, you got to walk about 3k. Hey, it's like a maze to walk through. Yeah. You got to show it to about 20 travelators. Yeah. But it's a, uh, nah, yeah, that's definitely like you see people who have it on red and I'm like, oh, <laughs> what are you doing? That's because other end unmixed. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you can't just choose to make it blue. There are some things you have to have, but if you've got those things to get into Japan anyway, then I think you're happy day. So, um, just make sure you've got that all sorted before you come on and smooth sailing. Eh? So, yeah, yeah, nice. Smooth sailing. Louis Osasumi from Douglas. Smooth yeah, nice. sailing. Ooh. We've got yeah, so many jingles. A acapella going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, we were singing a bit of the longest time. Is it the longest time from um? Longest um, time. Whoa. Yeah, there you go. We're not that out, by the way. That's definitely. <laughs> 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 um, that's uh, um, intro to the um, to your top three of the week. Yeah. Top three. Billy Joel. Great song. But anyway, sorry. I know every time we do this after a tough training session, we always start rambling because we're on our fumes. Yeah, but. It's been another great I've, episode, I've been I think. a dark place today and I haven't really left. So. Mm. And it's only Monday. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, I really thought this week was going to be easier for me. But that's right. Welcome home. Um, but yeah, thanks again for coming on. Any parting words of wisdom? Um, H, top three words of wisdom. <laughs> oh, um, well, I guess our Japanese Tonight, word uh, of the week great. was hubba. Yeah, hubba. Yeah. Mm, uh, um, yeah. Something Spacing. that we can use off rugby. Well, that shihatsu. Shihatsu is the first train of the day that Boiki got on, that Dylan got on. So Shihatsu. Shihatsu. So she How like the shihatsu? first and Hatsu is departure. Mm. There you go. Fun days. Oh, fun days. Fun times. Fun times. Yeah. It's, yeah I can't really think of 
any advice. Mm. Um, Be kind. Yeah. Nice. Recover well. Yeah. Day one. Mm. Uh, week seven. I'm going to be in my game ready after this and then in my normal tech just trying to like will my legs to get back. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, send us um, uh, vouchers to start us. If you send us $500 worth, I'll break even. Yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously rugby this week especially has been the winner of the day. Yeah. But it yeah. was a game of two hours. This has gone more than a rugby game should. But um, yeah, thanks to the ladies in the kitchen. and um, Thanks for the bar stuff. Yeah, full credit to the brothers. And yeah, thanks for the hot chocolate and the cookies, Ben, and uh, gets. Thanks for listening to another episode of the JRW Podcast. Make sure to rate and share the pod if you enjoy it. And don't forget to use code JRW15 at the ANR Pro checkout for a 15% discount. Arigats, I'll talk to you next week.